Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Your boy Pat Lane with you as always. And as always, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. Go to fanduel.com backslash Boston to sign up today. And with me today, Matt is traveling this week. And so pinch hitting for Matt is a guy that we know and love on the podcast. One of my favorite co-hosts of all time. And that is Keegan Stiefel, digital content producer, at Nesson gets killing it now all over your news feed. We love it. Keegan, thanks so much for coming back on. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to see you again, sir. The boy's back. I'm, uh, I'm very excited. I'm taking a break from my PWHL insider propaganda that I've been posting to, to go back <laughs> to my roots and talk some Patriots football. Unfortunately, there's a reason why I don't talk about it as much as I used to, but uh, I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. I've got takes. They, I got to get these takes off. Do it. That's is what this is what we're here for, man. We're here for Matt's welcoming you back. Gary's saying hello. Gary, I just sent Gary a hat because he won our trivia contest, um, which we oh, will yeah. do more trivia at the end of at the end of the show. Um, but he won our trivia contest all the way out in jolly old England. That was uh, not cheap sending him sending him a hat, sending him a hat to England. But they, you know, hey, forty dollar package in the We appreciate we appreciate him listening, a loyal listener, and and uh, and we appreciate it. So I will gladly pay the shipping cost to get it overseas to him. So. Um, so here we are. Hey, the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the good news is the Patriots did not lose this weekend. That was huge. That was a big week. It's a big week, man. I'll tell you, I went to go see Shrek the Musical with the kids on Sunday. Uh, didn't really care about football, although I will tell you, it was, it was awfully nice to see the Chiefs lose last night. It was really nice to see the Chiefs lose last night. Um, but I just didn't watch a lot of the one o'clock games and like, you know, there's whatever stuff going on, but, but, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if people feel the same way. Maybe you feel the same way, Keegan. Um, but, uh, you know, football just hasn't been the same this year. Yeah, I mean, in the past couple of years, I've kind of learned to love the sport more than individual teams or players or whatever. Uh, and even that, like, the, it seems like the level of play is down. Uh, there's, there's something that's hit me in the past couple of years where – I enjoy the college game so much more than I enjoy the NFL game. And I think it's because whether it be like rule changes or level of quarterback play, which we're going to get into, it's just, it's just not the same. Um, And maybe that's me getting older a little bit. You know, everybody hits that age where you hate the things you love, you know, like how baseball fans hate baseball. Yeah. I think I've, I think I've gotten to that point with the NFL, but I I can confidently say the level of play across the board is down. For Um, sure. Which has, 
it's just it's not quite as fun to watch, especially in the middle, like these grind out months. No end of October, November, early December. It's 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 just not great content to watch. It really isn't. It it really isn't. And and you're right that the level of play is down. And obviously the Patriots have been terrible, and Mac Jones has been awful. But like, he's far from the only quarterback in the league that has been bad this year. There's been a lot of really bad quarterbacks in the league. Um, a lot of really bad quarterbacks. Just look at his draft class. Right. Yeah. yeah. Three or four right there. Well, and 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 not just that, but then you look at like Kenny Pickett's been awful. And that team just is terrible. Offensively, at least, they've been awful. And it's just like it's it's very frustrating to see. And you know, it's funny because Tom Brady came out, you know, yesterday or today, I don't know, today or yesterday, and talking about how, you know, the game isn't as fun as it used to be and things are litigated in this and that and so on and so forth. And like people are like, well, you know, the, the Brady rule is first of all, let's clear something up. <clears throat> okay. If anyone ever tells you that the, the low hit on a quarterback is the Brady rule, they're lying to you. That's the Carson Palmer rule. That was because Carson Palmer got taken out in a uh, divisional round game. I believe in 08. Was it the, uh, no, I, I believe it was 06. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Could have been five. It was one of those years. Yeah, they were really good. They were playing the Steelers first first quarter. He gets taken out low, tears his ACL in the playoffs. So then he's misses half the season the next year, and the Bengals were never the same after that. And so like that really started with Carson Palmer, and then of course it happened to Brady at the beginning of '08. And so when you see those things kind of generate, it's like, hey, maybe that play isn't safe. Maybe we should take care of the quarterback. I agree with that. I don't mind not being able to hit him low. I think not being able to touch his his helmet is stupid. The one that really drives me crazy is is the one that they're not even penalizing, but then they're fining guys $15,000 for lowering their head and hitting someone. It's just stupid. It's just like, what are we doing? Like, it's a regular – the Mac Wilson one last week was like, I'm looking at it like, what, what happened, right? And so I think it was uh, – Matt Chatham and I forget what I forget what running back it was, but it was like a backup running back that got fined like twelve thousand dollars. And he's like, so Jalen Warren, he's been fined like four times. This that's year. what it was. So yeah. Jalen Warren, he goes, he, his his comment was like, I honestly don't know who Jalen Warren is. And he's like, if you watch this play, you don't know who it is either because nothing happens on this play with anybody, and yeah. he gets fined fifteen thousand dollars for it. And it's like, what the hell are we doing? Uh, Jalen Warren, you should know who he is. He's awesome. He's better than Najee Harris. But other than I that, um, I, I think with that rule specifically, you I can understand it because it's it's not protecting the players they're hitting. You're protecting the player that's delivering the hit. Because if you're doing this when you're going to hit somebody, right? That's how Ryan Shazier his career ended. You know, yeah. and that's what the reason they put that rule in. And I understand that, but they're not enforcing it correctly. That's the issue is when right. Jalen Warren hits you head up, like he's hitting you with his eyes. That's about as safe as a hit you can deliver unless you're going straight shoulder pad. So I think that's another thing. We, we talked about the level of play being down. The officiating has been horrendous across the board. I, every team has a gripe um, with an official that probably costs them a game is, yep. is how bad it's been. Um, it, it's one of those things where, the NFL is not really being proactive about fixing the officiating. They're being proactive about fixing the things that go around the officials. Right. And that's 
it's because it's so nauseating and annoying trying to keep up with it. It's just better to be like, whatever, I'm not going to pay attention. You know, I'll go watch the NBA or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, college just, football where those rules suck too, but at least, you know, most people have less of an interest around here. Well, right. And that's very true, right? College football, people care less about it up here. I grew up around here, right? So that's why I'm not really a college football fan. I know you grew up in Texas, so you're, you know, a bigger college football fan than, than, than some. And I, I look, I do, I see the appeal of it. One of the things I like about college football is that you never know. You just never know what's going to happen. And it's similar in the NFL, but like, you know, some ranked team is playing some terrible unranked team and all of a sudden they get upset. You know what I mean? And so those things do tend to happen because, you know, outside of the top 15 guys on every team are just guys that are never going to play in the league for the most part. Right. And so you never know what happens when you, when you get those guys, if one injury happens now, all of a sudden you have guys that like can't play and aren't that good going against, you know, whatever. So, um, but yeah, the officiating has been, been brutal and that's it's one of those things and, and i think you said it perfectly that like every single team has a gripe it's not like you can't what and look the pages have been terrible anyway so like even if you wanted to make an argument about oh you know they got screwed out of this and they got screwed out of that which by the way i do think like they were a few plays at the beginning of the year where you're like well the cold strange ones like just give him the freaking first down dude he's right there it's so hard to tell whether he had the first down or not and i always feel like and it's stupid but i always feel like if there's an awesome play and it's super close and you have to like watch it a hundred times to see if he, if he like had it or not, just give it to him. It was an awesome play. Like just keep the awesome play in, you know what I mean? And so, um, but whatever that's, you know, that's neither here nor there, but I, I do think it's interesting that like, it's not slanted in one way or the other. It's just like the officials are just really bad and they're inconsistent, which is even worse to me because it's like sometimes what's a penalty on one play isn't a penalty on the next play. And you're like, well, you just called that a penalty. How come it's not? That's the frustrating stuff where it's like, you know, you know, I don't know. And now you're talking about, well, the hip drop tackles aren't going to be allowed anymore, but it's like, well, so you can't like, how do you tackle a guy? That's the thing. You can't hit him high. You can't hit him low. You can't lower your shoulder. You can't lower your head and you can't, you can't roll when you tackle. So now what? Like, are we going to play two hand touch? Like, I just, I don't understand. Uh, by the way, Gary, just, uh, comment down there gary i did email them to try to see if i can change the address on there so um i will get back to you and let you know sorry for not emailing you back i apologize so anyways i just it's stupid it's it's dumb and and the rules they're changing drive me a little crazy so it just it is what it is and look i understand this where this all started from by the way it didn't start with it didn't start because of uh tom brady started because of uh bill polian so he's the guy to blame um, not not Tom Brady, okay? I know that by now, most football fans have forgotten who Bill Polian is, um, but he is the one responsible for the new age um, rule changes because he couldn't beat the Patriots in the playoffs, and so he had the NFL change the rules. Historically bad it takes, Bill Polian. Uh, <laughs> every time he was on TV, it was every like time. he was wrong. You know, you yeah. look back. But Lamar Jackson, famously, uh, Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver. Soon to be two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson. Incredible! What a take! Not even a running back, a wide receiver. Yeah, what a guy. Take, guys never caught a ball in his life. Let's convert him <laughs> to wide receiver. We just won the Heisman. Sure. Crazy, just crazy. But I love it. I love it. Um, so, all right, let's get into the Patriots because this is a Patriots show. Um, Believe it or not. So, and and Keegan, you you had tweeted out 
that, you know, the Patriots are have a shot at the number three pick. Right now they're drafting fourth. Well, actually, right now they're drafting third, technically, right? And the Giants, I think they're... Yeah, it's like percentage points. It's strength of schedule right, or whatever. Whatever right? is happening now, it's not going to matter at the end of the year. Correct. So, by losing to the Giants, the Giants leapfrog you or stay in front of you or whatever you want to say, and the Patriots are, at, are firmly at three and the Giants are at four. You would tweet it out like, Start Mac Jones because we need to lose this game. <laughs> and and I think that, you know, I know it was a little tongue-in-cheek, but, like, I don't know. I mean, do do we go for the tank? And if we go for the tank, does that mean just playing the guys we've been playing right now? Yeah, I think with the quarterback thing, and that's it's going to be the story not just this week but moving forward for the rest of the season. It doesn't matter of the four options because you do have four options. Millie Cunningham, whether you like it or not, he's an option. Yep. Um, of the four options, I don't think there's a single one who puts you in a better position, and it's for different reasons. You know, Malik Cunningham's never played an NFL snap at quarterback, really. He did a couple wildcats, wildcat yeah. snaps. He's never thrown the ball. Um, so that's like throwing, throwing him right into the fire. With Will Greer, it's a lack of reps within the offense. You know, he's been here for a while, and he probably understands the offense pretty well, but he's gotten no reps with who are the ones right now. Um, maybe a couple of them a few weeks ago when they weren't starting, but, you know, the Kendrick Bourne injury bumps people up, whatever that may be. He just doesn't have the familiarity. Bailey Zappi, we've seen just – it's been a disaster. Uh, his first two starts were great. His coming in relief, he was really good. Um, those first three games, he he played well. And then the Chicago game, it kind of all blew up in his face, and he's been bad since. They kind of – put him in a brand new offense. They drafted him into the Patricia offense, thinking he might be able to run it a little bit better than who they had, like Brian Hoyer. Uh, and then they switched the offense back, and he had to completely learn a new offense, just like Mac Jones has. And yeah. uh, I think, believe it or not, Mac Jones has done a better job learning the offense than Billy Zappi has. Um, so Zappi's been a disaster, and then Mac Jones has been a disaster. And we've seen it on the field. We've seen – I have a hard time being critical of – the specific things I see because I've never done it before, you know, but it's very clear that he's, he doesn't trust himself. He's become scared in the pocket. He doesn't trust his offensive line and he tries to bail himself out by just getting the ball out of his hands. And it's like, he does it in the worst way possible. I mean, everybody saw the Gasicki throw or the under throw to not Mike Gasicki, who was wide yeah. open in the back of the end zone. Um, and that's just kind of been the encapsulation of what he's been this year. Uh, we've seen, like, failed screen passes. Uh, if you guys remember the Ezekiel Elliott fumble from earlier in the year, Ezekiel Elliott probably has that ball tucked away if the ball's delivered to him on, like, a three-yard screen with no one in front of him. But Jones gets happy feet, throws it way out wide. He has to grab it with one hand and then never tucks it away and fumbles the ball. It's little things like that that we've seen time and time and time and time and time again. Uh, and I have a hard time if if I were the Patriots and wanting to win football games, believing that he would be the one that could do it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I tweeted that out because I think if you genuinely want to win, you would try something new. It's it's right. the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Um, at this point with this team and with who he's been, he he just can't get the job done. Can Zappy or Greer or Cunningham? Probably not. Uh, I think this team is a four-win team at best from this point in the season. I thought they were going to eclipse their win total. It was at six and a half yeah. uh, to start the year. I thought, I thought they would breeze easy, by it. Easy right. money. 
and I was wrong, uh, dead wrong. I, there's no way they get there now. They'd have to basically sweep um, the season, which isn't going to happen. And I just don't see them winning many games because everything that they've done has been incorrect to this point in the season. And you don't just fix it in one week. The bye week's not going to fix that. Um, so with the who should be QB1 the rest of the way, uh, Mac Jones has lost a job, but no one else has earned it. Right. So keep letting him lose it. Let him convince you to go out and get a real quarterback and not just a real quarterback, but multiple. I don't think you can, any of the guys on your roster can be your backup next year. Maybe Millie Cunningham, depending on who you draft. You, if you, if you end up getting a Caleb Williams, that might work out. It might be a, a good yeah qual or style fit, but they, they're going to have to completely overhaul the QB room after this year. So it doesn't really matter who the starter is, but I, I just keep Mac in there. Yeah, so my only issue with keeping Mac in, there's a few of them, right? And Light Engine mentioned that he's broken, you know, and and it's going to get worse. And I agree. My biggest thing is this. You benched Mac after the Gusecki throw, right? Rightfully so. That is, and I've said it on here, and I said it on, and I tweeted it out, and every, that might be the worst throw I've ever seen at any level. At any level of football, that might be the worst throw I've ever seen. I mean, Mac Jones at the 10 yard line and underthrew Mike Gusecki by seven yards. I mean, how is that even possible? Like, it's insane to even think about. So, like, so, okay, that was really bad. They bench him. Then they go out and try to win the game in, a two, in the two minute warning, which, of course, they can't do with no timeouts and, you know, Bailey Zappi on the field. I mean, let's, let's be serious. Why are you putting Bailey Zappi out there in the first place? Right? Like, so. This is one of those things where we talk about, you know, has Belichick lost it? And is Belichick losing his fastball? And is he not a good coach anymore? And these are the things that you question is like, okay, I know as bad of a play as that was with Mac Jones. It's the worst play, again, that I've ever seen at any level. If you're not benching him the rest of the way, why are you putting your backup in down by less than a touchdown with – you know, a two-minute with a two-minute offense. Well, Bailey Zappi hasn't run the two-minute offense all year long. He doesn't know how to run it. He doesn't get any snaps in practice. So now he's going out running an offense that he doesn't run. You're putting him in, in an impossible situation for absolutely no reason. Why? Because Mac Jones threw a terrible pass, which he hundred percent did. But if you're going to stay with him as your starting quarterback, well, then why the hell don't you just leave him out there and just say, Jesus Christ, that was awful? But now you get a chance to redeem yourself here. And, you know, let's see what you can do by benching him in that moment. And listen, I said this, I said this in the, at the bears game last year, when they put Mac Jones in the fans were out for blood and you benched Mac Jones. And I said, at that moment, I said, Mac Jones is career in New England's over. It's done. He's done. I, I thought he'd never start again in New England. He did. He hasn't started well in New England. He hasn't played well in New England since that moment. And really, if you want to go back, and Matt kind of brings it back all the way back to the Colts game, his rookie year, but but whatever, right? Wherever you want to look at it, to me, that was the moment that I was like, that's it. He's he's toast. He's His career here is over for all intents and purposes. You can't do that to him. And they did on national television. And then you're going to, do, you're going to pull the same crap and then what? Put him back in? That's insane to me. And I, I do. I think that's a bigger indictment on Mac Jones than it is on the Patriots. If you can't get benched for bo- for poor play and come right. back and redeem yourself, then you're not an NFL quarterback. Right. That's just, just the way it is. I mean, we've seen it. Other teams have done this before. 
People have gotten benched and they've come back and they've been better for it. Drew Brees famously got benched on multiple occasions in San Diego. Right. And he didn't really fi- figure it out in San Diego until his last year there where he put up all pro numbers. He was the best quarterback in the NFL in, in 2005, I believe. It was 04 or, or 05. Uh, I think it was 05. Yeah, it was 04 or 05. He was the best quarterback in the NFL when he had Phillip Rivers breathing down his neck. Yeah. And they still let him go, and he went on to have a Hall of Fame career. This is a guy who got benched, I believe it was three times the year before in Phil Rivers' rookie season. They kept going back to Phil Rivers. They kept going back to, to Drew Brees. And I'm not trying to compare these two guys, but that's the difference between somebody who can get the job done and who can right. be a franchise quarterback and a kid yeah. who very cl- has at any every step of the way, every turn has shown that he's not capable of doing it. And that might sound harsh, but that's just it's he's proven that. There yeah. I don't think you can argue it. And there will be there, there will be people who are, will argue that because it's Mac Jones, it's the quarterback, you know, and they'll fight with him to, to the death. But I just don't see him – I haven't seen the response from him that you would need to see out of a, a starting quarterback. And it's just not worth continuing to try to make him the starter. Um, does that mean you can't start him in these games? No, because you, who cares if you win or lose these games? Who cares if you win them? You should want to lose them. Um, but it's just – it's he's not capable of being the, the guy. So – Stop wasting your time with him um, in terms of actually putting resources into his development. It's, it, I think if this was a team in content, contention, they would have cut bait weeks ago. But they're not, and right now they're just biding time for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure what you meant by the last comment, Light Engine, but okay. Um, I, I, you know, I agree with you. Like, he's definitely not the guy, and he's shown that. And I think that, you know, I'm not making excuses for Mac Jones, and I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, Whatever. I, I just thought I thought it was the wrong decision on that Monday night game to start Mac Jones in the first place. There was no reason to do it. The entire fan base wanted Billy Zappi. He had played really well for two games. Mac Jones really wasn't ready to come back, I didn't think. You know, he, you could tell. I mean, he played the game. You could tell that he wasn't 100%. There was no reason to put him out there. Put out Bailey Zappi. And I said this at the time. Like, if Bailey Zappi had sucked against the Bears... Everyone would have woken up Tuesday and said, wow, that sucked, but we're ready for Mac Jones. We're getting Mac Jones back. That's good. Instead, you put out Mac Jones, and he sucked. Whether he was hurt or not, it doesn't matter. Then you bench him and put in Zappi, and he sucked. And then you wake up on Tuesday, and you're like, well, crap, our team's terrible. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it just it gives a completely different feel to the game. So yeah. to me, it's, it's, it's very frustrating um, to see the decisions that Belichick has made these last few years and, and to look at it and not – I think it's it's challenging to not question what Belichick has done, right? And I love Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach of all time. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, and I know people, oh, you know, he does this and he does, whatever. You can argue against the wall if you want. He's the greatest coach of all time. And, like, and he's proven that, I think. And at this point, I've switched, I've switched places, and I'm thinking – I want Bill Belichick to go somewhere that he can win so that he can prove he can win without Tom Brady. And, you know, and look, has his GM skills deteriorated? Absolutely. I mean, and this is the thing, right? We talk about the scouting staff. And so, and of course, there's been a lot of turnover in the scouting. And Bob Quinn's gone and J-Rob's gone and, you know, Monty's gone and and, uh, Nick Casera's gone and, you know, whatever, right? Everyone, people have come and gone. But, like, 
they found a lot of talent for a long time. They were really good at finding talent. And now they're not as good at it, right? And I don't – so it's like, yeah, okay, a lot of people have come and gone, but like – I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not sure what the problem is, but I, I just think that um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what the issue is, but I do think that it's time to move on from Bill Belichick. And who who do you bring in? I have no clue, no idea who you bring in. But again, I want them to trade him to like. Imagine, imagine Bill Belichick in L.A. Just imagine for a second. No chance he puts Bill on that Belichick. powder blue ass. Oh my god! That stupid jacket. That, that would be everywhere. so good, dude. That team has so much talent, and they just suck every year. And like, if you brought Belichick out there, like, imagine if they had a competent defense. That'd be awesome. Their team would be great. And they just they do it every year, man. Brandon Staley sucks. Imagine. Oh, it'd be so great. It'd be so great. And like people talking about Washington and like, that's fine. But Washington doesn't have a real chance to win anything, you know, like, and I guess, you know, LA has got to play the chiefs twice a year. I get it. Like it's not an easy road for them either, but like, at least you give them a chance somewhere. You know, I want to, I want him to go somewhere where he has a chance to win something in in the next few years. I, I think, and this might be my, you know, he was the coach when I was born here, so I don't know anything else. <laughs> I don't think there's a world where he wants to coach anywhere else. Yeah. I, I really don't. And people will say, like, he loves coaching so much, so if they don't want him, he'll go somewhere else. I think if they don't want him, he'll go to Nantucket and yeah. continue having a hell of a time like we've seen he has. And I just, I just can't see him do it anywhere else. But I do agree with – the talent evaluator that he was is gone. And yeah. I think he knows what a talented football player is. I don't think he knows how to evaluate athletes and to implement them into a system that's successful in this age of the NFL. Um, and we've seen, I think Matt grow is a great guy. We're two drafts in and they both look horrendous. We're talking like three good players and twenty picks. Like, well, don't don't you talk about it about my guy Marcus Jones? Don't do it. No, I won't. But you can't call him a, a good player because he can't stay on the field. You know what I well, mean? Like, you can't call him a hurt. hit. I think he's a good player. Right. You, he's right. not a hit. Right. Um. So is is, is Christian Gonzalez a hit or no? Because he's hurt. Chris, I, he's one of the good players. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm counting him. Um. Uh, but that goes to show you how bad. Right, you know what I mean. Last I think Marcus was, Jones has last proven really he can't bad. stay on the field. It's that where it's two years now where he's ended the season injured. Christian Gonzalez had a freak injury where a guy landed, he landed on his own shoulder, making a great tackle and broke his scalpula or whatever it was. Right, right. Um, I I think he can evaluate football players, and that's like a Christian Gonzalez pick, right? That kid is a pure cover corner. Mm-hmm. He can do the job, and. It doesn't really matter how great of an athlete he is because he's a little bit like Stephon Gilmore where he's not going to beat anybody in a 40-yard dash, but he'll lock your ass down. Good football player. Yeah. A a Tyquan Thornton type where you're trying to draft and develop somebody who has impeccable speed. He's probably one of the fastest players in the NFL. He doesn't know how to run routes. Right. And they can't teach him how to run routes for some reason. We've got one of the greatest route runners in Patriots history as the wide receivers coach. Can't teach this kid how to run around. And I think that's where the yeah. issue lies. 
Yeah. Is that the coaching staff around Belichick? Is that the evaluators that drafted those players? Is that a, a Belichick thing where he's not delegating enough and he's not allowing his assistants to do what they need to do to make people successful? I No one has the answer to that outside the building. You know what right. I mean? Right. And that's what makes these things so frustrating, especially for fans, because they see it and they get so frustrated, but they don't know why it's happening. It's like a baby when a baby doesn't know why, like they're hungry and they don't know how yeah. to tell you they're hungry. It's true. Um, so it sucks. And it, it sucks to watch because you you saw them work so well at every level for 20 years. And it, in the last three years, it's just that's completely gone. Um, yeah. And so, like I said, he, he can't do I don't think he can do both jobs. Yeah. To the level that I, he did at, at one point. Yeah. Um, will he be willing to? give one of them up would he be willing to want to just try it somewhere else i don't know i don't see either one happening i think he's gonna finish it out here and they'll let him and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing we'll have to see yeah and you certainly might be right i mean look here there's no way you can take the gm there's no way you can take it away from here you just can't like because what you'd have to do is you'd have to replace the entire scouting staff yeah because they all answer to him so you'd have to bring in all new guys to say like, okay, we're bringing in a whole, and maybe not the entire staff, but like at least the guy at the top, the two or three guys at the top, like they, you have to at that situation because it's always been what Bill says. If you're going to leave him here and take the GM duties away from him, you got to hire a new GM. And I, just, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Gary says, uh, the Cowboys. Like Bill Parcells, Bill Parcells did it at the end of his career. You never know. Bill Bill Belichick could do it at the end. Of his imagine, imagine they lose in the first round again with another talented team. And then if Mike you want to look at the latest tired. comment, that's that's my answer to that. Uh, Jerry and Bill are oil and water. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I totally happen. agree. But Jerry and Bill Parcells oil and water too, and that lasted for a few years. I mean, it wasn't much, but it, it lasted awful. for a few. It, years. it went terrible. It did go terrible. You're right. It's not. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It went terrible. They but found Romo. They did. Romo's so solid, that was good. But, um, but you know, it's just it's it's one of those things. I, I just it's challenging for me. I don't know. I don't know the right answer. I'm not sure we're gonna we're gonna get to that right answer. I'm not sure we're gonna know because, frankly, if you let Belichick go and bring in another coach, well, now you got to hit the draft. There's not a lot of talent. So, like, what if they don't hit on the draft? Or what if they do it? You know, like, how do you know? Right. And and like that's that's really what it comes down to is that how will you know that the guy is successful? Not until he's been here for three or four years. And yeah. you have a guy like Brandon Staley and you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy's terrible and we can't win with him. You know, like and we talk about, you know, a three or four year window. That's what you need to see if somebody's gonna be successful. Right. It's only been three or four years since Brady left. Right. So you know what I mean? And it's not getting better, it's getting worse. So you can see kind of yes. the trajectory it's going in. But there's still kind of an aspect to that where it's like are you really going to – things are going to bottom out because you lost the greatest football player of all time? No shit. How are you right. going to respond to that? It hasn't gone well so far. They've had one crack at the quarterback thing. Yep. You know, but it I was think... too late in 2020 to really figure it out. They couldn't go and draft one. They signed Cam Newton. You know you know where I stand on Cam Newton. That team was awful. And if, yeah. If Cam Newton wasn't a, a shell of himself physically, I, he, still, he could still get the job done. Right. But – you know, and Mac Jones outplayed Cam Newton going into 2021. He he was good in his rookie season. Yeah. Fell off a cliff after that. And so you're great. back at square one, and you've right. really gotten one try at the quarterback thing. 
I would feel much more confident giving Belichick that crack than, you know, Gerard Mayo and some outside hire as a, as a GM or Mike yeah. Vrabel, like people like to float out there. He, he doesn't really have a great track record of trying to find quarterbacks in, in no. Tennessee. No, he didn't find Ryan Tannehill and he's 0 for two in the draft. So far. Will stinks. Levis, we'll see. But right. Yeah. And Ryan Tannehill stinks. So it's not like, yeah. you know, he had but one I think good it's... season. Malik, Malik Willis has done nothing right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. We're talking about a net zero. hundred percent. I agree with you. And, and the other part of it for me, I just think that, you know, the hardest thing with me with Belichick is that, yes, it hasn't been that long since Brady left. But you look at what they did with Nikhil Harry. That That's the one to me that's like, my God. Like, you screwed that one up so bad. I I just don't – I don't understand it. I don't know how anyone could have taken Nikhil Harry over A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. Like, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. None. Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. And like, whatever. Like, so you didn't like those guys, but you wanted a big body – receiver that could jump up and make the catch. Why aren't you drafting DK Metcalf? What the hell are you doing? Like, what does Nikhil Harry give you that DK Metcalf didn't give you? Like, so that's the stuff for me where it's like, what are we talking about? And like, again, the Taekwondo Thornton thing, I'm not going to hold against them too much because really look at the wide receivers that got drafted. I know George Pickens has highlight real catches, but he's a head case. I can see them not wanting him. You know, Alec Pierce is fine. You know, like maybe they should have drafted Christian Watson or whatever, right? You know, but it's like, whatever. It didn't work out. You try to get a super fast guy and see if you could teach him, and you can't. And like, it's unfortunate that he can't play wide receiver, but he can't, you know. But like, use him somewhere else. Let him do something else. Run him on jet sweeps. Do something. Get the ball in his hands and see what he can do, you know? That's just what they do in the second round, though. Like, I can't be mad for missing a second round pick when, you know, Gronk was a guy who he was great in college, but he could have like never played football again with him. Bad yeah, shape his back was in. Yeah, uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo was a uh, you know division one double A quarterback who put up great numbers at that level, but no one knew if he was going to be good in, in the NFL. Yeah, if you go down the list of second round picks, you're either taking a, a big swing at somebody or you're going offensive lineman that we need help right now and we need to plug a guy in. Like that's yeah. the history of the second round. That's what they do. They like to take swings, and that's why Kyle Duggar, a Division II player, that worked out pretty damn well. Uh, so I like the Tycho and Thornton pick. I can't be mad at because they took a big ass swing, and if he was out there catching the ball when he was running on these go routes, or if a quarterback could hit him in stride, yeah, we might be talking about him a little bit differently. You know, yeah, you never know. You, you tweak one thing one way. So right. I, I, I'm not so mad at that pick, but it's kind of everything around it. They continuously miss on first round picks. Yeah, I, Christian Gonzalez is a hit, but you know Mac Jones is very clearly a miss. Cole Strange is kind of in and out. One week he's great, one week he's like offensively bad. It's it's everything around kind of the taking a swing, trying to do something new that's really been troubling to look at. Yeah. Because if, if you're if you're doing the same thing you've been doing a long time, but now it's not working, that's an issue. Well, and that's I agree with you. So like. The other thing with Kyle Duggar, I know you love, I know you love Kyle Duggar. Don't, don't, you, don't you think that Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts might have been a better pick in that spot? <laughs> oh no, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, but- I love, I love Jalen Hurts coming out. It's so funny because leading up to that draft, you were, you were on the show yeah, in 2020, right? Yeah. Leading up to that draft, I was like, Jalen Hurts, my favorite player in this draft. I absolutely love this kid. 
but he doesn't fit the Patriot system, so you can't draft him. And then they signed Cam Newton, and I'm like, God damn it. If I had known they were going to change their whole system, I would have said draft Jalen Hurts. We talked about it. I remember it vividly because I remember thinking, okay, they've signed Cam Newton. Why didn't they just draft Jalen Hurts right. and make him the number two and let him Made sit for no him? sense. If you were going to draft whatever – we talked about it before – Whatever quarterback you sign, whatever veteran, go and draft the mini-me in the draft because there were so many different guys in that 2020 yes. draft. Like, um, I'm blanking off the top of my head, but you had like every different kind of quarterback mm-hmm. you could have. It was Hurts. Who else, remind me, who else was in the 2020 draft? Uh, that was um, – who the hell was at the top of that draft? Wasn't there a, wasn't there a quarterback okay. at the top of that draft? Tua, Justin Herbert, Joe yep. Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love. Right. We're talking about, you know – Jalen Hurts, dual threat guy. Justin Herbert had the huge arm. Joe Burrow mm-hmm. was the game manager. Tua right. was another game manager. Jordan Love was a guy who needed to sit for a while. Yes. All those right. different options, and you end up with none of them. Your your pick was like in the 20s that year. but 23, yeah. Traded you back. weren't going to end up with the top three, but the Hurts thing doesn't make much sense to me. They ended up hitting, though. They hit with that pick. So. And I like, I like Kyle Duggar a lot. I mean, now the question will will they extend him? They should, but will they? So, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust them to do anything. They don't, they don't point, extend anybody you think they should extend ever. Drives me, so. drives me up a wall. And you know, the Cole Strange pick, and I forget who said this to me, but like, it's it's one of the best quotes ever. It, it's you know, okay, twenty nine Cole Strange, fine player, sure. They draft. <laughs> it's so insane to even think, dude. They drafted Ted Karras' replacement at number 29. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Just sign Ted Karras. Like, in the span They also of, didn't need to draft a replacement because Shaq Mason was on the roster, but they traded him for some, no correct. reason at all. In the, span <laughs> of, in the span of 12 months, you let Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, and Ted Karras all walk so you could draft a guard in the first round. What, are, yeah. what the hell, dude? It was stupid. And so that just – that made no sense for them to do that. Shaq Mason's still playing and still playing well. Joe Tooney is one of the best guards in the league still. And Ted Karras has been a solid starter for, for Cincinnati since since they let Great him go. Starter, so, yeah. like, you know, it's just a guy who never misses those game. guys walk. That's it, man. You let all yeah. three of those guys walk, and it's like, what the hell are you doing? And I just – it didn't make any sense to to make that pick. And, of course, it doesn't help that, that Trent McDuffie's playing his ass off in Kansas City right now either. <laughs> that, you know, they the Kansas City traded up to get him. So – but you know, I mean, uh, whatever. It, 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 listen, if trading back, if you wouldn't have drafted Christian Gonzalez because you had drafted Trent McDuffie the year before, then I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it because now we have Christian Gonzalez, and I know he's hurt, but like he'll be fine. He's he's going to be a stud. But you know, it's just it's very frustrating. So, all right, let's take a break. We got a quick break here. We got a quick ad. When we come back, I want to just talk about the draft because I do I do have a mock draft coming up on Pat's pulpit. I want to just run run by the scenario with you, Keegan. I think you're going to lose your mind, but well, it'll be fun. So, uh, so a quick ad. Here we go. We'll be back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. MA21 Plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, there you go. Uh, man, every time I listen to that, I'm like, I was so sick when I recorded that. What the hell was I doing? <laughs> you can hear you out of breath there at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was rough. I was trying not to cough so bad. Uh, so hard trying not to cough. But anyways, um, all right. Mock draft coming out on Pat's pulpit. Here you go. Here's the scenario. The Patriots have the number three pick in the draft. And, Keegan, I'm not going to do it to you. I'm not going to do it to you. I'm going to say that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going in the top two picks just so the Patriots aren't trading out of number three because I think you might actually kill me if I if I trade out of the Patriots drafting Marvin Harrison number three. They, they got no one to throw on the ball, so who gives a shit? So, <laughs> so, so anyways, let's, let's pretend because in my mock draft I do – Pretend that there's a quarterback sitting here on the board, either Drake May or Caleb Williams. Take your pick. Doesn't matter who goes number one. And Marvin Harrison goes number two. The Patriots trade out of number three. They trade back to number 10 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, this is just where it stands after week 11. Okay. Tampa Bay has number 10. They trade number 10, number 42, and. Their first round pick in 2025 to move up to number three and draft again, Drake May, Caleb Williams, quarterback, right? A quarterback. Okay. At number 10, the Patriots needing a wide receiver, take Malik neighbors from LSU. What do you think, Keegan? What do you think? I know you're the college football guy. Tell me what you think. I like Malik neighbors a lot. Uh, and I've been saving this take, so you're going to get the exclusive. Yes. Malik Neighbors loves to fumble the football. Oh, God. It's one okay. of his favorite things to do. He's an unbelievable wide receiver. <laughs> I think I think he's probably number two in this class, maybe number three, depending on your thoughts on, like, Keon Coleman or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, guy hates holding on to the football. <laughs> so my take, the Patriots have been with him in a billion years, so it's a way I'm – and I hate I – hate, dumping water on this but he just feels like a guy the patriots would never draft no matter how good he is yeah um that being said (laughs) uh i do like the idea of go and get yourself a wide receiver one you know recoup some some ammo later rounds and next year yeah it was tough i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, because I think there are two really good options in the second round. Yeah. Michael Penix and Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like, I really like both of them a lot. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, my opinion on Bo Nix. Uh, I would rather get shot in the face and watch him play football 17 yep. games a year for Agreed. my job. Like I, le- I couldn't not watch him. And I think right. that's some sort of punishment making me do that. Um, but all of the options around him, J.J. McCarthy does nothing for me because I think he's just Mac Jones. Yeah. But Caleb Daniels, or Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Michael Penix, 
I really I wouldn't have a problem with any one of those guys, and two of them you can get in the second round. So if you so, don't have one of the top three picks and you're, one of them's available, but I would say if you're going to trade back, draft a tackle like Joel Joel Olufashanu, yeah. um, the kid from Arizona who I won't learn his name until he actually declares. Yeah, I know. You know so it's tough. So hold on, let me finish because because. Here's one of the reasons why I drafted Malik Neighbors because it's fun. Because I wanted my draft to be fun. And so I traded then pick 35 and pick 103 to Baltimore, who right now has the second best record. So they have the 31st pick in the in in the in the draft in the first round. Because if you're drafting a quarterback, realistically, if you're drafting a quarterback, you want to draft him in the first round. Because you yeah. get that fifth year, right? You get that fifth year Baltimore option. Baltimore did it with, with Lamar Jackson. They did the exact same thing with Lamar Jackson in 2018 when the Patriots passed on Lamar Jackson, took Sony Michelle. They moved up to 32 and took Lamar Jackson. So the Patriots returned the favor. They trade up with Baltimore and they draft Jaden Daniels at, at 31. And again, I figured, hey, it worked in Cincinnati. Why don't we put an LSU quarterback with an LSU wide receiver and let's have some fun? Um, and so. My guy, my real guy, the guy I want more than anyone is Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders is not coming out this year. There's no way his dad's going to let him come out and be a second-round draft pick. He wants his son to be a first-round pick, if not the number one overall pick. And he has zero chance of that happening this year. I don't know if it's going to happen next year either, but at least there's a chance of it happening next year, whereas there's no chance of it happening this year. If he's not a top-five pick this year, he won't come out. Which Right. There's a chance, <laughs> you know, and depending yeah, on what yes. teams fall in. Yeah. And, and we've seen it before where a team is like, we love you. Please come out. We will draft you with one yeah. pick. But, you know, that's like a 2% chance of happening. Right. I agree. Right. I agree with you. Shadur is a guy that is one. Go go get your money, Robert Kraft. Sell those jerseys, baby. Right. Hell yeah. Put, put the L on it. The, he's a leader. Right, right, right. I love it. Um, but I, I do like the idea, you know, the LSU, LSU. Yeah, and it's it's a fun storyline for sure. I just the Malik Neighbors thing. I, I just can't see it happening. I get it. I get it. And then so then at forty two, which the pick they got to move back, I had them taking Patrick Paul from Houston, the offensive tackle from Houston, who's yes. a freaking monster, yeah. and Mahler plays left tackle, and yeah. that's what I mean. So it's like you know played everywhere on the line. I think he played he played at three I, spots, both yeah. tackles and left guard. So he's got yeah. some position flexibility. To me. You know, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds as far as like what what's going to look like next year. But to me, you have to resign Mike Onwenu and stay and leave him at right tackle because City So has been so good at right guard that you have to leave him at right guard, and you have a right tackle. You have a tackle, like leave him at right tackle. You have a tackle draft. you can pay like a guard too. Correct, That's and true. and you shouldn't forget that. Theoretically, yes, but he's not going to get. You're right. He's not going to get top of the market. Tackle numbers. He's not. No. After playing 10, 10 games of the tackle, right? right. So, um, but he's going to get a decent contract, but he's not going to get, you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, the dude that plays in the, the, the Jawan Taylor money. He's not going to get that money. He's not going to get a Lino Brown money. He's going to, you know, decent contract, but nothing crazy. Leave him at right tackle and then draft your left tackle of the future. Let Trent Brown walk. Just let him go. I like Trent Brown, but he's not reliable. He's always hurt. He's never plays. And sometimes he plays really well, and then sometimes he's like, "Meh, I don't feel like playing today." And like, and I just, I'm all set with that, man. You you can't have that. And so then your offensive line is set. Now, 
don't know what's going to happen with David Andrews, but we'll see. But, you know, then at least four four picks on your offensive line are set. So, And I, I, I've got to take Bruin on the, on the David Andrews front. The Patriots have often done this where they'll take a guy a year early and let him sit behind a starter. Yeah, uh, We saw it with James White, saw it with Dante Hightower. Uh, Hightower played early, but he, he still had time to learn behind Gerard Mayo. Yep. Um, we, we've seen it across the board. I think they did that with Jake Andrews. He had drafted him this so. year. They, they he's been on the roster. He's he's been healthy. He hasn't played because David Andrews has been your starting center for a decade almost. Um, right. I, I think there's a chance that they're just going to let David Andrews walk and they and they've got their center. Uh, yeah. Because I I haven't heard anything bad about Jake Andrews. He just hasn't play, actually played. Right. Because he doesn't have a position right now because he's a center and the center's healthy and playing, you know? So, um, but, you know, but yeah. So that's the way it goes. Oh, look at this. We got a woman listening from Salt Lake City. I think, I assume women. Uh, you know, boy, ex-boyfriend into sports rubbed off on me, learning much from you and would like to learn about sports betting. Well, guess what? I'm a terrible sports better, but we do. Uh, we are going to do prop bets in a little while, and you will see how terrible I am when I give you my my overall record for the week. But Keegan's a good better, and so you'll get some good prop bets from Keegan for this week. Well, I mean, terrible NFL better. I'm a college football better. Yeah, it's fine, but you know, whatever. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah. So that's so. Look, I think ultimately what it comes down to is that the Patriots. We want the Patriots to win. I, I think it's funny because as a sports fan and. Part of my take does a great job talking about this. Um, but they'd say, you know, leading up to the week, you say, I want the team to lose. And then the game starts, and you're rooting like hell for the team to win. And then when they lose, you're like, oh, okay, we wanted them to lose anyways because, you know, the draft pick, right? And so it's like, and so, the, so well, life you know, you're a Chicago this, Bears fan. That's it, right? You're yeah. in this situation where it's like, I will never watch a game and actively root for the Patriots lose. I, I could never do that. But before the game and Pretty after the game, I could general I could I could say, hey, look, they lost and that sucks, but we're gonna get a good draft pick. You know, so so at the very least we can we can kind of go from there. So yeah. look, is it ideal? No. <laughs> but this is the this is the life that we're living unfortunately as Patriots fans. We have had a very, very long run of un, uh, of sustained success that is almost unprecedented. And I would say not just unprecedented, like completely unprecedented. No one's ever done it. And I don't think anyone will ever do it again to do it for that long. Um, and so, you know, it's unfortunately followed by a few tough years. But like, again, and I, you know, we try to say these things because it like makes, it, there are people that are 33 that are 31 years old that live in Detroit that have literally never been alive for a Lions playoff win. So like we just try to put those things in perspective. Now the Lions look really good this year and I and I I wanted them to win the Super Bowl so bad but like they've just they've lived a tortured life. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, your life sucks. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you've walked well. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, as a as a football fan, maybe not. There are some doctors that grew up in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> your, life, your life as a football fan sucks. I'm sure there are some very happy people in Detroit, and that not even in Detroit, but that are Lions fans that have right. that live great lives. But on Sunday, 
from, you know, the hours of one to four or from four to seven, your life has sucked for a long time. And that's not the case anymore, which is nice. And so, unfortunately, the Patriots have gone from, you know, we – I mean, I didn't even care. The regular season was like, whatever, dude. Oh, you beat us in the regular season? Good for you. I'll see you in January. You know what I mean? Like, that was my attitude for 20 years. So, like, something had to give at a certain point. So, um, so anyways, all right. Let, let's get into our final segments here because I think we've – listen. Here's where we're at. I'm just going to sum it up. If you haven't listened to the – well, I don't know how, why you'd be tuning in 52 minutes in. But if you haven't listened to the episode and you just randomly skipped ahead to 52 minutes, here's the recap. We want the Patriots to lose so they can get a good draft pick. We don't care who the starting quarterback is because it doesn't matter who the starting quarterback is. But again, if it's me and I'm looking at doing things from a rational standpoint, I don't know how Bill Belichick can justify putting Mac Jones back on the field. Unless it's, we suck. We're going to get a terrible draft pick anyways. So what difference does it make? Who? Let's just put. Let's just keep putting Mac Jones out there. But like to me, I would almost disagree with that and just say, well, then who cares? Put freaking Malik Cunningham in and see what happens. Like I don't know, you know. So, uh, but nevertheless. All right. So let's go to. Uh, let's get into those prop bets. Okay. So the prop bets, just to update the prop bets. So Keegan, I don't know if you know this or not, but we are doing a competition. Matt and I are doing a competition. Uh, and there are some stakes here with these prop bets, okay? The loser of the prop bet competition has to <laughs> – it's so stupid – has to pass the Patriots conditioning test for offensive linemen, not for skill players because we'd die. But for offensive linemen, I, and I'm not 100% sure what it is, but it's not easy. But, like, if Trent Brown can do it, I feel confident that I could do it too. After um, a couple tries. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I got to train for it. It's not like I need to show up and do it, right? Well, it takes Trent Brown a couple tries usually. Uh, True, but but it won't take me a couple tries because I'll be dead if I try it. Well, I guess I guess like a few days later I could try it. That's a good point. That's good. I was thinking about doing it right afterwards. I'd die, but yes, a few days later maybe. Um, failed it the first time. You're definitely not going to pass it immediately after. <laughs> I think that's how that works. I'm thinking about like, wait a second, how's that going to work? But yes, it makes sense. A few days later, sure. Um, so after uh, after eleven weeks, uh, we picked two, we picked two week. I am six and sixteen. It's not great. It's not great at all. Uh, and Matt is nine and thirteen. I went zero for two last week. I had a Keaton Mitchell anytime touchdown on Thursday night, and I had the Dolphins team over at twenty nine and a half. I figured they'd score over thirty points. I was wrong on both of those fronts. Keegan had Lamar Jackson over one and a half passing touchdowns. And the Vikings Broncos under 42 and a half, which almost didn't hit, but it did. Wait, um, have you guys been picking sides and picking the total? So sometimes we pick sides, sometimes we pick total, sometimes we pick like. Sometimes I'm just saying pick, that's uh, not a prop bet. What do you mean? A Can prop bet. Unders? Yeah, a prop bet is anything but the line and the total. So and I suppose that's true. We have been picking, we have been picking unders. We've also been picking like. Over and under passing yards. We've been so we yeah, do that's kind a prop of, bet. of course, right? Okay. So yes, we say prop bets, but some of them, not all of them, have been have been over and unders. Like sometimes we don't do that, but occasionally we will. Um, so like Matt's done a, a decent amount of over and unders. I guess I've done some too as well. Um, all right, because I'm getting wacky. You told me prop bets. I got weird. That's okay. That's all right. Listen, hey, listen. You're drafting for Matt. Matt deputized you as his as his official picker this week, and so. Draft two ones they're gonna lose. That's fine with me because Lucky then him, Matt I'm, gets close. I'm going two and oh. Matt gets close to a loss. So, uh, how do you want to do it? I, I think maybe I'll. I'm gonna give one. 
and then and then you can give one, and then we'll go back and forth like that. How's that? Okay. Sound? Yeah, okay? All right. So my first one is uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff playing on Thanksgiving, and we want. Uh, I just said I want them to win all of their games and everything else. I'm going Jared Goff under one and a half touchdown passes. How about that? All right. Well, that's gonna so, happen. But that's that's my up? that's my first prop bet. What do you got? All right. So I I told you before we got on. I'll I'll explain it to the people. My everybody's got a system. Everybody's got if if you're a, a gambler or a better, you like to uh, follow a few things throughout the season. What I've been doing is betting tight ends just up the wahoo. Love uh, it. I. I famously, when I was a member of this show, I talked about how the tight end position is dead and how no one knows how to play tight end anymore. <laughs> this year, there's like seven rookie tight ends. They're sick. They're all awesome. Yeah. So I'm betting young tight ends this year. And on Thursday, Thanksgiving, you got to go with either a Cowboys tight end or a Lions tight end. I've been kind of wrestling between the two because I want to give you another pick that's separate from these. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I'm going to go with Jake Ferguson, anytime touchdown. He's been phenomenal for me. Every time uh, he is on one of the local channels up here in New England, he has scored a touchdown this season. Sam Laporta is more of a yards guy than a touchdown guy, so I wanted to give you a touchdown bet. going to go with Jake Ferguson. Uh, I like it. Last week, Luke Schumacher short scored. I did not bet on it. It would have drove him be crazy if the third-string tight end scored when I bet on the starter. <laughs> so I think they're going to get back to it this week with Jake Ferguson. He's going to score a touchdown. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, my my second one is completely off the wall, and I love it. I'm very excited about it, and I'm going to bet it. By the way, on FanDuel, here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? You should be on FanDuel anyways. We're sponsored by FanDuel. you got to go FanDuel.com slash Boston and sign up. But on FanDuel, they have the best deal in all of sports betting, okay? They have, they have the no-sweat parlay for yep. Thursday nights, and they've done it all year long. And the no sweat parlay for Thursday nights means you can bet five dollars on three plus. It's got to be three plus uh, leg parlay in the same game, and you can bet up to five dollars. And if you don't win, you get the money back in bonus bets, and you can split the like. What DraftKings does that's different than than uh, FanDuel is that DraftKings gives you like five dollars bet five dollars on one pick. Yep. FanDuel will let you split it up so you can kind of do different things with it. It's only five dollars. I get that, but I I can't I can't spend a lot of money. But nevertheless, okay. So you spend five bucks on a ridiculous prop that's probably never going to hit. But if it does, you win you win like you know a hundred bucks or something like that, right? If you lose, you're able to bet on other bets that might happen, might not happen, but whatever. So this is one of the ones. If I don't hit my bet on Thursday, I'm going to bet this one on Sunday. If I do hit my bet on Thursday, I'm going to use some of that money and bet this on Thursday. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Zach Wilson is a terrible quarterback. I mean, a terrible quarterback. Do you know who's worse than Zach Wilson, though? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. He's been <laughs> sitting on the bench all year long as freaking Zach Wilson was starting. So I am taking the Miami Dolphins defense anytime touchdown plus 750. Give me all that money. Plus 750? I'll like take that. it. Miami like Dolphins. That defensive touchdown you're going with value too that's a that's a value pick mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right so i got weird with this one and forgive me i forgot <laughs> this was a FanDuel show so FanDuel <laughs> might might not offer this but okay. this is me hoping that they do and i believe they do because i'm it's sure it's a they normal do. prop 
Okay. Have you heard of the either team to score three unanswered prop? No. So you can bet a team or you can bet a game. You bet whether or not one of the teams will score three straight times without the other team scoring. What? Okay. And I wanted to give you a Patriots pick because this is a Patriots show. There is no chance in hell either the Patriots or the Giants are going to score three unanswered times. I don't even know if there's going to be three total scores in the game. Right. These teams suck. And for some reason, <laughs> yes, is minus 180. No is plus 135. You can make what? a pretty good chunk of change if you just understand how bad these football teams are at playing football. Okay. So, so no going, no team to score three unanswered times, Patriots Giants. No to score three unanswered times. I love it. I love it. These bets, and, and you usually find it the opposite way, because yes, unless it's a Yes, it'd be harder to do, wouldn't it? A mismatch. Like unless you're talking Miami versus Denver, obviously that game, Miami scored like nine straight times. But if, if you're looking at two evenly matched teams, it doesn't really make sense. And this is a great bet, a uh, little tip for you guys. Um Primetime games because primetime games have all like almost exclusively gone under this year. You've probably heard that. This is a good mm-hmm. way to make a little bit more money than just betting the minus 115, minus 110, whatever it is. Uh, like you could probably get plus money on a lot of those games. So, uh, three unanswered time bet. It's a great one. I've, I've kind of wrote it all year. And Patriots Giants, it works out perfect this week. Yeah, that's definitely, um, that's an interesting one. I'm surprised that, that, that it's such good odds. For no, I mean, I guess they're looking at it saying that the Giants are terrible and the Giants are that bad, but like, I don't know, the Tommy Patriots DeVito. are also that bad. Like, I don't, it's Tommy not Chicken like the, Parm throwing two touchdowns <laughs> last week. So it's not like the Patriots are out there killing people. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so uh, let's get it. We'll do trivia and then we will do our uh, our last thing, which is this day, uh, this day in sports history, like we always do. Uh, and uh, and then we'll get you guys out of here. Um, all right, trivia comes courtesy of Matt. Matt supplied this one. Um, last week, the question last week is a question last week Rob Gronkowski scored the go ahead TD against the Giants in 2015, but which Patriots tight end got the scoring started in the game? Oh, uh, buddy from the Bills. Um, I need it. I need it. What's it? What's the name? He played at Iowa. It sounds right. I don't know if you really did, Scott, but I'm sure he did. Scott uh, starts with an S, right? No, Scott Scott's Mitchell. the first name. No, Scott Mitchell was the quarterback. Who the hell was it? He was. It he Give was. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. He had the same last name as the quarterback who Mike Vick replaced in Atlanta. I don't know if that's actually a hint for you or not, but no, I I know he wore number seventeen. That quarterback. I just can't remember the names right now. <laughs> Chandler. There it is. Nailed it. Nailed it. Did the hint help? Uh, yeah, it did. It got me there. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So Some are this saying former Pat's Pulpit trivia champion, Keegan Stiefel. People it's like quite true. That, so. You were you were a trivia champion. I suck at trivia. Uh, <laughs> although I did win I did win trivia um at school this week for the sophomore class. Crushed it. There we go. Um went in and won trivia on a question that was over under all right. Here's the question I wanna ready? You had to, you had to, you had to get. It was uh, what's it called? Style, uh, Price is Right style. Okay, 
Price is right, style. I think he's right that Chris Chandler did more 12 for Atlanta. Yeah, but now I have to look up the Falcons quarterback that wore uh, 17. So, so Scott Mitchell, though, did wear 17. That's that's uh, what I was thinking of because I had Scott. So, um, but uh, Steve Parkowski, he wore 14. All right, I'll, I got to get off. This. I'm gonna start <laughs> reading. So, Name so here's you. the question. Uh, the question, the closest without going over, how tall from ground to tip of the of the uh, of the torch is the Statue of Liberty? Without going over? Without going over. 225 feet. You would have beat me. I did win on that, but I said 216. Um, I did 216, and the correct answer is 305. 305. Oh, wow. So there you go. Um, little See, little fun I fact know what for I'm you. Doing, Matt. The kids, the kids went, the kids went, uh, the kids went over, and I yeah. and I went uh, under. I had two sixteen in my head for some reason. I'm not sure why, but. Uh, anyways, all right. Here's the question today, Keegan. We're going to ask you to not answer it because uh, the chat, because the chat, no. Well, it's a question for the chat. All right. And I'm so turning the chat go. off because I'm going to tell you the answer after somebody in the chat gets it. Okay, I love it. Uh, so the question is, how many touchdowns? Did Tom Brady throw to Randy Moss in the final week of the 2007 season against the New York Giants? So there's your question. I like that one. Let's go. So, all right. Uh, do you have a uh, a moment from this week in sports history? I do. Up. This week, right? Not today, because I couldn't find one. Yeah, yeah, this week is fine. Yep, this all week's right, fine. Good. All right, so let's uh, let's get into that, and then um, and then we'll see if anyone in the chat can get the answer. Here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like: this week in sports history. All right, so uh, Keegan, you being the guest and all, I will let you go first, sir. All right, so uh, this week in sports history, we're only going back a few years. November twenty sixth, two thousand and sixteen. Does that day mean anything to you, Pat? Oh. Uh, I don't know. I think it does. 2016, uh, though. Yeah, no, I'm maybe going it away. isn't. Yeah, I'm Go going ahead. away from you. Um, number ten, Michigan travels no, to number six, Ohio State, and plays the Buckeyes, who are fighting for a spot in the playoff. Ohio State wins 30 to 27. JT Barrett does cross the first down marker. Does gain the first down. Um, but people don't really believe it sometimes. Uh, they, they think he they think he was tackled prior to it. He was not. Jabril Peppers was late, did not make the tackle. Uh, JT Barrett gets the first down. Game goes to overtime. Curtis Samuel scores, I believe, three touchdowns in the game, plus the game sealer in overtime. With LeBron James in the building, he was wearing a stupid hat. That's my day in sports history. LeBron <laughs> wearing a stupid hat. That doesn't narrow it down for LeBron James. Um, I like it. That's a good one. That's a good one. I have two. I have two. Um, September, oh, September, Jesus Christ. October 21st, 1902. Baseball's Philadelphia Athletics and Phillies both form pro football teams, joining the Pitts Stars in the first attempt at a National Football League. How about that? It's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. And, and the one that has to be mentioned. Absolutely has to be mentioned this week. I'm going to bring you back 11 years, almost to the day, 
to November 22nd, 2012. I don't know uh, what you were doing, Keegan, but I was at my cousin's house, sitting on the couch watching this game, and Matt, Mark, sorry, Mark Sanchez goes in the backfield, tries to hand it off, but there's no one there. And so he turns around and runs directly into his center's ass, <laughs> who Vince Wilfork just very kindly supplied directly in Sanchez's face, and he fumbles. Steve Gregory picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown, the infamous butt fumble, uh, which is incredible. Which, by the way, sandwiched in between, I believe that was the first play of the drive. Yeah. Oh, Brandon Moore. Sorry, Brandon Moore. Sorry, Matt. Uh, was the first play of the draft sandwiched in between a, I believe like 80 yard touchdown pass to Shane Vereen. Yep. Then the butt fumble, then the ensuing kickoff roommates gets fumbled and, and uh, at, like the ball popped in the air on the fumble. Matthew Slater and, made the tackle. Yep. That's right. And, and, uh, and Julian Edelman just plucked out of the air and scored a touchdown. That's and I'm still, Yep. By the way, I'm still mad because I had Julian Edelman on my fantasy team starting that week and did not get six points for that touchdown. That's just – how does that happen? How do you not get six points for that touchdown? It's crazy. It's crazy. So I remember that play vividly because that week I had learned that Edelman and Matthew Slater were roommates. When they, okay. when they When Edelman came into the league, Matthew Slater still wasn't – didn't have a place to stay, so he was like, "Yeah, we'll just room together." And I remember talking about it all week, being like, "Did you know they're roommates? Did you know these guys are roommates?" And then during the game, Slater <laughs> makes the tackle, ball pops up in the air, Edelman scores, and I lost my mind. I love. Oh, it. was it McCourty? I could have swore it was Slater. I but, honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, but I believe I, I remember that. Or you, one of you is right. Yeah, I remember. I one of my favorite games I've ever watched in my life. It was so patently ridiculous. Every single thing that happened in that football game, just. Like I mean, the Patriots, football game. the Patriots on three consecutive plays. Well, really four, because I think, although I think that the ensuing kick before the Sanchez f- butt fumble was a touchback. So it was, you know, touchdown, touchback, fumble return for touchdown, fumble return for touchdown. <laughs> it's insane. Completely insane. Patriots scored 21 points in like 13 seconds or 15 seconds or something stupid like that. So, but anyways, uh, so that was great. And Keegan, there is a correct answer in the chat. Um, there is. Oh, sorry, Matt is correcting me and says that there was the second play, second play of the of the drive, first the ten yard pass to Clyde Gates. I'm not. I don't believe that's a real person. I'm sorry. I don't believe that that's a real yeah, person, Clyde Gates. Um, so Matt, do you, uh, Matt, Jesus, Keegan, do you have a guess on the touchdown passes to Randy Moss in the 2007 finale? Because we do have a correct answer in the chat. I believe it's two. Um, I remember – I think everybody remembers the final Obviously one that the got them one. both the record. Um, and I want to say he scored on, like, a slant in the end zone earlier in the game. And I it do remember two. Brady – it's two? Yeah. Okay, and Brady missed him on a touchdown earlier in the game. Um, Brady missed him on a touchdown on literally the play before the, the okay. last touchdown. Yeah, they went right back to it. They were so. just like, we're just running the exact same play. And then they, yeah. <laughs> and they scored a touchdown run. Yeah. So, so it yeah, it was two. Yep. Yeah. Um, so – Anyway, so that's what we got. So that's it. That's the show. Keegan, man, this has been so much fun. I love love having you around. Love seeing that smiling face over there. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. I just I love the fact too that you're killing it over at Nesson. 
Like you're crushing it over at Nesson, and it's great. It's great to see. Appreciate I'm it. like I like the proud dad energy. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm very uh, I'm proud of my guy Keegan crushing it's my it over internet dad. And, uh, at, it's true at, over at Nesson. So uh, Keegan, before you go, um, why don't you just tell everyone you know where they can read you and see you and hear you and everything else? Yeah, uh, right there at Keegan Stiefel on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can read me at Nesson.com. I'm kind of a jack of all trades over there. Uh, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox. Not so much Patriots anymore because we've got guys handling that down at Foxborough. Um, but I've got my my hands in all sorts of cookie jars. Uh, PWHL, uh, if you guys are into that sort of thing, they're starting something up new. I've got uh, got some stuff on the horizon for that. So just a lot of fun, cool stuff over at Nesson.com and at Keegan Stiefel. On- for, for the people, Keegan, I know what it is. For the people. PWHL. Explain it. Give them the Boston team because there is the Boston team. Yes. Uh, Professional Women's Hockey League. Mm-hmm. P- they do not have team identities yet. It's just PWHL Boston. And then there are five other teams. So they've got an original six going. Um, it's actually pretty cool the, the way they're doing things. They're kind of giving women an opportunity to have the platform that the men have in the NHL. I love it. They're doing it right. They're paying them the way they should be paid. They're treating them like actual uh, athletes are treated in other uh, leagues. Unlike they, they they weren't treated that way in the old league. So it's actually really cool. Because um, they had the Boston Pride, but that was obviously not the right. Not that league the, folded. Uh, right. We actually have a number of Nesson employees who used to play for the Boston Pride because it was basically like a men's league. Right. But, with a TV deal and everything, but the players weren't getting any share of that. Now they are. Yeah, which is great. Uh, you will see, but you might be able to catch some games on Nesson in the future. But uh, I, I actually, awesome. I think that's really cool. But if you're into Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, got a ton of that stuff as well. Uh, and then a little bit of Patriots. I like to, I do opinion stuff on the Patriots. Uh, yeah. I famously said, neither Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi are the answer after the, the Bears game. Nailed that one. He was right. <laughs> um, so, uh, Kind of just whatever I feel like writing. Yep. I love it. I love it. It's great. Well, I'm proud of you. You're crushing it over there. And sure. uh, love having you on. And we're going to have to do it again next time with, with Matt with us as well. We'll do a little three-man weave. Absolutely. Um, and we'll go from there. So, anyways, thank you to the uh, to the people in the chat, for uh, for our new listeners, for our old listeners, for the people that are always here. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, thank you very much. And we will have a show after the, after the game on Sunday. Um, enjoy thanksgiving enjoy the three games on thanksgiving um you know we'll we'll see we'll see what happens i I am looking forward to those three games i think they'll be fun and then the patriots play the giants and they have a chance to win or at least make it competitive and that'll be fun so um so we'll see but anyways thanks for listening guys we appreciate it and uh and we'll be back talking to you on sunday after the game